Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. It's time for Rochester Today. Thursday morning means Tom Ostrom joins us. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Andy. What do you have in the mailbag? This from Jerry. Uh, Jerry's concerned about a lot of things that he emails me about, but, uh, you know, the deep state and energy policies and Biden's competence, uh, January 6th uh, hearings, uh, uh, the, the politicized military, he's a Navy veteran. But this, uh, this he emphasized, uh, uh, Klaus Schwab, born in Germany in 1938. Uh, Jerry said he's another uh, Soros. Uh, he runs the Global Governance Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Um, he's very bright, mechanical engineering and uh, economics, advanced degrees, his professor. But he's in favor, he wants social innovation. Uh, uh, he wants the globalists to shape uh, international policy. Uh, and he's, uh, he's in favor of uh, global control of uh, issues and... and uh, so he handles this annual meeting of the globalists, and uh, uh, Jerry thinks he's as bad as Soros, and that he's even somehow interfered uh, in uh, American elections. So if people are interested in him. It's Klaus Schwab, and then uh, uh, Wayne is thinking of George Soros too, and the people like him. He said Soros is a smart, dangerous man. He's buying up 18 Spanish-language radio stations for $60 million, and uh, he's been involved in political donations, too. Uh, and he's responsible for the far-left soft-on-crime prosecutors that he's gotten elected by financing them. And uh, he's even uh, involved in these far-left school boards. So, uh, so our two... Uh, our two mailbaggers are on the on the case of these uh, left wing interferers, as they call them, or globalists. Then, I mean, I, for those two men, I would call them globalists. Post World War II globalists. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Uh, they want to diminish U.S. sovereignty, uh, and they want to control things. But it is an interesting path that they've taken, and. Uh, Following World War II, there was a great movement towards globalism. The United Nations, cooperation between the Europe and the United States, NATO could be considered a globalist organization, CETO, the same thing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all the various trade agreements. and Sure. But NATO, yeah. These conferences, interestingly enough, in recent years, I'm saying last 20 years being recent, that's how old I'm getting, <laughs> that the people who are attracted or invited maybe would be the better way to put it, to attend these conferences are not just those involved in government. They are among the largest uh, capitalists in the world. But mm-hmm. yet the aim of many of their initiatives would be the diminishment of the free enterprise freedoms that we I'm saying this poorly in the United States through various mm-hmm. international regulations which they believe are for the better good of all of us but yes. you're yeah, you're right there's a there's been a great deal of pushback against 
those types of organizations over the last 20 years as well. Sure. Uh, and farmers like in Denmark uh, or uh, Holland and other places think they're intruding there too. And they're also these climate fanatics. Yeah. But the interesting, I guess, interesting or ironic thing to me is you have, I don't know how anybody could argue with it by describing them gatherings of elites who exactly. want to impose their philosophies and ideologies on others in a way superseding the democratic process, while at the same time saying they're protectors of democracy. Excellent points. Globalist uh... And by globalist, we mean the, the, those that denigrate uh, and want to weaken international boundaries because they want to control things. They don't want nations to. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this from Howard. The U.S. imposes economic sanctions at the drop of a hat on foreign countries. Uh, we've earned a reputation as an unreliable trading partner because of that. Uh, yes, we pay our bills, but cross us and you'll find you're denied access, no access to credit markets and uh, uh, access to your gold reserves in U.S. banks. And uh, f- foreign nations could see their currency reserves dry up. Our behavior forces other nations, even friendly nations, to look elsewhere for credit for foreign currency and holding gold deposits. We are our own worst enemy. When those foreign nations then ditch their dollars, watch out. Well, I would just counter then, that. Go ahead. I would just counter that at this point in time, there is no other place to put their money. Uh, we still have the safest markets in the world compared to anywhere. Where are you going to put it? China? Russia? Germany? I, I, I'm serious. I, that's why all this capital is flowing to the United States, that regardless of what Howard said, and I'm not denying... What he said is true. It still remains the most secure place for that capital to reside. Right. But even our own uh, lawmakers, AOC and uh, others, are anti-capitalists too. Uh, They want to denigrate the capitalist system. They want socialism. Uh, So these these contravailing philosophies of these so-called, as you said, uh, elites is puzzling to me. You always bring up the Eisenhower um, departure speech to uh, not only watch mm-hmm. out for the military-industrial complex, but also the the world of experts or self-appointed mm-hmm. experts is a better way to put sure. it. Sure. And the way the way to counter that is to become informed yourself. Right. Oh, Dr. Oz and Dr. Atlas, uh, before I forget and forget those names, those are the doctors who uh, at the White House uh, defied uh, Fauci and Burks. Uh, uh, Karen suggested uh, Oz, and then I read more on Atlas, too. Uh, these are physicians, and boy, were they blackballed uh, by the elites and by the uh, on, on the virus issues. But they them... They were demonized, they were threatened, uh, and they were correct. So before I forget those doctors' names I was trying to think of last week, that's them. Um, And this from Rose, Andy. I've been thinking about your discussion with Andy about that little child, the black child, kicking and screaming and shoving the police in that video. 
Yeah. Now imagine if yeah. you grow up in a family that's teaching you that white people are bad, the cops are bad, their reasons they're the reason for everything bad in your life, and uh, you can't have fun because daddy's in jail, and uh, and white people and cops are picking on us. When he gets older, this will just uh, get worse, and he will learn from the mainstream media that uh, these conspiracy theories are correct, but that he's black and unfortunate because white privilege and uh, the education lobby is, is uh, that view you know so is the media and then she said this i noticed that the police officers uh, being hit by him were also black so i'm guessing that the turmoils in this child's life was from family incidents with the law and uh, the kudos he gets, this little guy uh, from uh, from neighbors who thought he was doing the right thing. I hope the child turns out to be a law-abiding citizen, but uh, I have my doubts. That's the mailbag. Okay, uh, one more item before we go, too. Um, was it last time or last week we had the discussion about uh, hydrogen fuel as an energy? And I read an article uh, just uh, yesterday that was pointing out the problems with the quote-unquote hydrogen economy. And, of course, for many, it's considered the holy grail because of its near-zero emissions, particularly if you can produce the hydrogen using renewable sources like solar energy or wind energy. But this article pointed out even in the best world scenario, the problem with hydrogen, and I can't contest this, is leakage. Hydrogen is the smallest known molecule that we have. It's H, H in the H2O. It's one. And uh, containing it is expensive and difficult. And if it was to become widespread, there's really no way to ensure there wouldn't be massive amounts of hydrogen leaked as people fueled up their cars or individual homes. And that this was an article that pointed out that hydrogen, according to those who are proponents of the uh, greenhouse gas theory of global warming, is a large contributor to that. So if you had a significant leakage of the hydrogen, it could end up being worse for the environment than other fuels. And it, it did say that it would be better than natural gas. But uh, but it did also say that hydrogen has its place for powering uh, large power plants or large commercial facilities, but not individual vehicles. Just another piece of the puzzle. Sure, and, and it brings back my question to you. Is there a danger of combustion? Yes. The leakage? Yes. <laughs> Simple answer, yes. The Hindenburg mm -hmm. would be your best example. The oh, Hindenburg boy, was filled with hydrogen. The, the, yeah, the German Nazi dirigible, yeah. Well, that's it for the mailbag, Tom. We'll take our break and jump back into it in a moment. Here on Rochester Today at Rochester's News Talk, 1340. KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Security technology protects with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to more of Rochester today on this Thursday. Tom, I 
Don't know if you saw the video of Ilhan Omar's arrest, or <laughs> I guess yes. the more the more accurate statement was her detainment by police. Um, I don't know yeah. what they were thinking with this business about holding their hands behind their backs to pretend they were in handcuffs, because it was painful to watch as while pretending they were in handcuffs, they couldn't resist the urge to wave to their supporters who were yelling yeah. at them from the curb. And uh, it became uh, almost like a comedy routine at that point. Isn't that something? Yeah. And then the Babylon Bee said after that incident, the satirical Babylon Bee said that she sat in an invisible police car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Minnesota News. Jim Schultz, the Republican-endorsed candidate for the Minnesota Attorney General, announced a plan to fight crime. If he's elected office and uh, uh, he's going to appoint uh, more criminal attorneys and county attorneys to prosecute crime and they'll be law and order people. Uh, and then uh, and, he's, and he'll fire the people who haven't prosecuted violent crime. But then uh, also in this press conference uh, and he had a press conference uh, uh, with Alpha News um in his press conference, uh, he said uh, that uh, he's also interested in commuting the sentence for incarcerated ex-police officer Kim Potter, who's serving two years for the uh, accidental killing of Duante Wright. Uh, he said Potter was charged and convicted for political purposes and her sentence uh, has been uh, extreme. She made a mistake. There should be consequences. But consequences under a statute, um, and she was sentenced uh, by facts inapplicable. I don't know what he means by that, but anyway, he's sympathetic uh, for her. And, uh, but prosecutors who aren't doing their job. Um, on a related note, I don't know if you saw this. This is in Minnesota, but L.A., where the uh, district attorney got voted out. Uh, recall election they replaced the DA with an interim DA and she has already fired 15 of the prosecutors that are in that office uh, and I I'm assuming it's for the same sort of reasons that they held the same philosophies as the previous DA about how to prosecute or not prosecute criminal offenders and I was surprised just because it was the interim DA that was doing it. She's running for election in the next election uh -huh. to get that office. But obviously, uh, at least apparently, taking a more get-tough-on-crime stance. Well, good. And then another person will be, too, if elected. Matt Burke, the Republican candidate for Minnesota Lieutenant, joined Liz Collin on, on Alpha and for a conversation on crime, education, energy, and more. He's a former NFL player, and he's a scholar, too. He's a great student beside a sports. Uh, uh, and uh, he's a supporter of, of private and charter schools. And he's Dr. Scott Jensen's uh, gubernatorial running mate. And he said, the Democrats used to be the party of the working class. They are not anymore. The Republicans are. And... Uh, and he said, uh, and he's a pro-life uh, ad, and he wants law and order, and he 
says that uh, Governor Waltz and Lieutenant Governor Flanagan have done nothing to support law enforcement and they've emboldened so, uh, some law and order folks on the Republican side. And he's correct about the Democrats not being uh, pro-labor, blue-collar anymore. All of the immigrants that they're allowing uh, over the border in this time of high inflation and possible layoffs, uh, they're, they're going to compete with American blue-collar workers, majority workers or minority workers. So I think to the point, it's not the Democratic Party, grandfathers and fathers. I, it goes along. I think I mentioned that, that poll, and I saw more information about that New York Times poll about levels of support for the two different parties and where that support was coming from. And it did show fairly clearly that the Democrats are losing support among people who do not have a college education. And I would say that would encompass the quote-unquote blue-collar worker, uh, a lot mm -hmm. of them, people who went into the trades working in the manufacturing sector or other um, sure. hospitality, that sort of thing. But, of course, that's painting with a broad brush. There's obviously people in those industries who are college-educated. And that more and more, and you have said this, but this was a New York Times poll, the Hispanic population is moving away from the Democratic Party, where even just two years ago, they had a majority, a strong majority of Hispanics favored Democrats. Now it's down to even Stephen, Republican and Democrat. They've lost that that lead among that population, and it's largely, largely due to these economic issues that you've brought up. That is interesting, and uh, more and more blacks are feeling that way too, um, and and Asians, Asians are uh, sliding over to the Republican Party because they have all the values, the family values, hard work, uh, discipline, and they're being discriminated against getting into the elite schools because there said to be too many of them there, uh, and and, uh, and they're a high income people. The the the. Asian. So, yeah, if this keeps up, Republicans uh, will have a majority. Now, the border Democrats hope they become Democrats, but uh, if that might change too. And then uh, U.S. Senator Tina Smith is really furious with Democrat Senator Joe Manchin for refusing to go along with the Senate Democrats on climate change and environmental things. And, and by the way, uh, I found out that Manchin earned his fortune in the coal business. And of course, West Virginia is a major coal producing state. So he's slow on these clim climate change policies and thinks fossil fuels are necessary, as well as keeping the environment clean and doing other things. But uh, but uh, Manchin does get donations from the oil and gas companies, and he's siding with the Republicans on the use of fossil fuels. And so our, our, our senator is furious with them and says putting up the Democratic Party uh, as blocking these uh, Democrat passages. He says he's uneasy about the climate uh, elements in the bill. It could worsen inflation. It would be uh, horrible for jobs uh, and energy strength. So uh, splits in the Democrat Party. I just wish Manchin would, squit, would switch parties, although I'm glad he's a break on Democrat excesses. If he weren't there, uh, who knows what would happen.
All right, Tom, we do have to take a break for news. Uh, might even continue that discussion when we come back after the news break with more of Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Are you worried about maintaining your lifestyle in retirement? Rochester Today, Thursday with Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell. And Tom, uh, your last comments uh, before the news break about Tina Smith uh, going after Joe Manchin because he has held up action on that climate package that the president wants passed, Biden is now rolling out executive actions dealing with climate and is toying with the idea of creating or calling uh, or declaring a national emergency because of climate change, which, uh, which would open up a whole different category of or at least ability to issue or use his executive authority to pursue an agenda that uh, he and uh, the Democrats have been unable to move through the executive branch. Um, It's going to be, I, I just wonder how long the lawsuits are filed and if they can win an emergency injunction to prevent him from implementing some of these powers that he may or may not uh, seek by declaring in a, a climate emergency, but it would, I don't know. Uh, I Obviously, his powers are limited in that effect, but he could take disaster funding and shift that to uh, green energy projects. He could use, the, what is it, the uh, war powers. It's not the war powers. I cannot remember the exact terminology to order industries to shift their production to green uh, products, whether that be electric cars or windmills. And uh, it could have vast impacts on our economy. And I, I don't know how it would be greeted in the United States. I imagine, I imagine there would be a backlash, though. I just don't know where he gets the power or the authority to do these things. He's like a dictator. When Trump tried to do very simple things, there are always some judge somewhere that stopped him. Nobody stops Biden. And by the way, I don't think Biden is doing these things. He does not have the intellectual competence uh, to do it. I think it's these Obama people telling him what to do, and he just reads off a teleprompter, and he can't even do that. And and so uh, it's it's them that's doing it. And I read an article uh, on Joe Biden from a a political historian who said Joe has always been a go along, get along at the time of whatever the Democrat Party was in favor of. He was in favor of it. And I'll add this to that uh, accusation. When the when the Democrats were filled with segregationists uh, like Sam Irvin, who went after Nixon and uh, and others, including Al Gore's father, he was pro segregation. He was against school integration. Uh, people forget that he was against that, and he bragged about having friends with the segregationist senators and going to lunch with them. In fact, that wasn't so long ago that he did that. So I don't think he's in charge of doing anything and understands anything. He's an absolute puppet, and he always has been. Wow, how's okay. How's that, for, how's that <laughs> activity? The Washington, or not the Washington, the uh, Wall Street <laughs> Journal had a editorial piece about Biden being the candidate and how weak of a candidate he may be and why he was chosen as the candidate 
in the uh, 2020 election. And the editorial writer was pointing out that the only the only candidate the polling numbers show that Biden could beat would be Donald Trump. I found that interesting. And that yeah. that's why this editorial writer felt that the Democrats went with Joe Biden in 2020 was because he was the only one of that crop of candidates who apparently voters would be willing to accept as an alternative if they wish to vote against Trump. And it wasn't sure. so much a vote for Joe Biden. It was a vote against Trump. That's and the right. editorial writer was cautioning the Republicans against going with Trump again in 2024. Okay. Well, I think there's a lot to that. Uh, and Biden uh, was perceived as, as kinder than Trump but, and, uh, and a moderate. So he would bring people together. And I think some even Republicans voted for him because of that thought. Well, uh, he's uh, he's not that way now, and and uh, but he's he's malleable and manipulative, and yeah, that doesn't uh, doesn't surprise me. I think um, I told you before that I have a a family member who is a long time and loyal Democrat, and this person even expressed buyer's remorse over their vote for Joe Biden. Wow, because of the economic issues. Sure. Well, as public opinion polls have a lot of incumbent Democrats worried and having remorse, too. Uh, what, what did Souchere used to say when something positive came to his attention? Uh, 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 ray of sunshine or ray of hope, I think he said. Oh, you know, I, I miss Joe Souchere so badly. Yeah. Uh, ray of hope. Yeah. Well, I've got a ray of hope here, okay. Andrew. <laughs> Black academics in great numbers, and there's some famous ones and brilliant ones. They're Democrats, they're liberals, they're professors. They are furious with how whites are attacking Clarence Thomas. And and they sent a document to the his critics and to the press. I'll, I'll name some of them later. And it says white progressives do not have the moral authority to be criticizing Clarence Thomas. And the black academics uh, in this uh, letter denounce the racist attacks on Clarence Thomas by white Democrats. They said the attacks on him are unwarranted. He's a great man. He's a brilliant man. So what if you don't like his decisions? Now, again, these are liberal uh, blacks. Uh, the racist, vicious, ugly personal attacks against him uh, since the uh, Roe uh, um, decision. Whether they're calling him racist or Uncle Tom or whatever, they do. White progressives don't have the moral authority to excommunicate a black man or be telling him how to think. And Thomas is a great thinker. And one of those professors is Brown University, Glenn Lowry. Uh, and there, were, there are others, too. And then some that are, are not a surprise. Uh, and uh, they said, uh, our academic and educational missions are to train future leaders uh, to think and to not denigrate people that have high quality and not to terminate people. And then George Washington University has been asked by students to terminate Judge Thomas's part-time teaching assignment. To the credit of the administrators, they told the students they will not do that. 
that that college stands for communication and ideas and debate and civility. Uh, so, so I was pleased to see all that. And then a Somali uh, author from Europe, she was oppressed in North Africa, then in Europe, she came to the United States, Ayan Hirsi Ali. Um, uh, she also uh, defended uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. And she said, uh, uh, he's, he's got faith, he's got character. These attacks are abominable. Of course, she is a conservative uh, with the, with the uh, uh, San, Sanford, Stanford Institute. But I, I'm surprised by that and pleased by that. Monsieur Ray, uh, it's not about Clarence Thomas, but there was um, a, I don't know what you call a person who works for a think tank, an analyst, a thinker. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and, and you brought this up and it just flashed into my mind I was reading an article uh, I, is it Texira is that the guy's name he longtime member of a liberal think tank based in Washington has defected to a conservative think tank uh, which is ex- saying we the conservative think tank is saying we're for a diversity of ideas and we welcome you here to challenge our ideas because they feel that conversation will make their position stronger by having them challenged. Mm-hmm. And this thinker, and we're talking about a person who's been there 40, over 40 years, uh, lamented his need to depart the liberal think tank. And the reason for it was because almost Every conversation within that think tank, this is what this person had to say to the reporter, devolved into what you term wokeness, Tom. I don't think that was the term he used, but it was used to completely shut down any discussion or counter or counter views to whatever was being pushed by he termed it the younger staff members of this think tank and he felt it was a toxic environment and he was willing to leave to go to a conservative think tank Mm -hmm. which said go ahead and keep working on your projects even though they don't fit our our views because we welcome that that is a ray of hope yeah that's good okay what else you have uh, Larry Summers is a Harvard, uh, former Harvard uh, administrator. Then he was an economics professor at Harvard. And he was an economics advisor to Obama uh, and to Clinton in their presidencies. And he just came out and flatly said, the Federal Reserve is incompetent. They have let us down badly. Uh, they're wrong about the economy and their policies are making it worse. So here we are at 9% inflation and, uh, and price surges that they don't seem to understand the causes of the inflation and the spending of inflation. And he said the federal, uh, the feds, the Federal Reserve lost focus last year. It's not talking and studying economics. It's, it's involvement in projects that have nothing to do with economics, about the environment, about social justice. Uh, they, they dismissed inflation as transitory. Uh, they just are not up to speed and they're not using good economic sense. And uh, the cause of the inflation is uh, the elimination of our energy dependence and, and other things too, the spending 
the paper money. So Democrats yeah. are starting to get critical. Well, in this particular case, uh, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, a lot of the Ivy League economics departments bought into this, I think it's termed the modern monetary theory. And it, here I am, certainly not an expert on any of this. I'm a layperson. Even I could recognize the emperor has no clothes. You're, you're basically saying, oh, it's all right. We can ignore the deficit. We can adore the debt. If we just keep artificially maintaining low interest rates and sending money into the economy to maintain growth, it'll be all right because growth will outpace whatever is happening with growth in debt without ever mm -hmm. coming back to the fundamentals of the bill will be due at some point. You can't just borrow your way out of this. You have to at some point have some fiscal restraint. And, and it was an excuse to not have any fiscal restraint. And of course, now people are coming to their senses. We're dealing with 9% inflation going, huh, maybe we shouldn't have ignored those basic economic fundamentals. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Don't get me started, Tom. Yeah, well, you got started and that was good. <laughs> How much time? It's as, we have as, for... as if everybody got a fever out there and they just couldn't resist it. That's right. How much more time for national news? Uh, we can do one more and then we have to take a break. Okay. These hypocritical Democrats are, are they're just almost unfathomable. Uh, Monica Showalter of the American Thinker had this story. Uh, governor Abbott and, and other conservative governors are putting these illegal immigrants on buses and taking them to Washington, D.C. Uh, and, and there are thousands of them <laughs> that have been there. And, and so the Washington, D.C. mayor uh, uh, on a liberal network broadcast is furious about that. Muriel Bowser, she's saying, how dare they? How dare they send the immigrants here? Now we've got a population problem, economics problem. It's adding to the homelessness. They are terrible for doing this. They have no right to do this. And I think these Democrats don't care at all that these immigrants are flowing into red states, the conservative states, and ruining their economies and with crime and drugs and everything else. And then the decent ones, too, are competing. But she was outraged that the, that, that, that immigrants had to come to her to her city. You talk about hypocrisy. They're in favor <laughs> of open borders, but not in my town. Yeah, it's okay if it's down there in Texas that, yeah. or Arizona, yeah. Oh, goodness. Tom, we have to take a break. But we will yeah. come back. More of Rochester today. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340, Carol's the AM and 96.9 FM. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary subject to terms and conditions. With Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk, 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It is Thursday morning. That means Tom Ostrom's here for Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell and Tom we're running out of time again. What do you want to cover on the international front? Uh, Macron, the French president, he's telling his nation, turn out the lights, brace for the Russian gas cutoff. <laughs> he's, wor he's worried about it, and the Russians are repairing the fuel line. And then it seems uh, the White House has announced this, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, that Iran is set to deliver armed drones to Russian troops uh, 
in Russia and and the Russian troops in the Ukraine, armed drones. Uh, they could be used very effectively by the Russians. So that's Iran creating mistress mis- mischief. Iran and China, they are supporting Russia in the Ukraine in various ways. So Joe Biden comes back from the Middle East uh, and and uh, he's got to handle this Iranian situation. And the Democrats are tolerant of Iran. They want to get back to the treaty that uh, Obama had with them to be lenient. But uh, the, the armed drones, I don't know much about those devices, Andy. They sound formidable. Well, the U.S. has actually, I don't know if the U.S. has, but NATO has supplied the Ukrainians with armed drones, which have been used very effectively against armored columns. That uh, in the early days of this war, that's how they were able to attack some of these uh, lines of tanks that were moving towards Kiev was uh, using our technology or Western technology. And I have no idea uh, how potent the Iranian technology might be. But yeah, it's certainly out there. It all depends on what kind of payload they can carry. I wanted to go back to the fuel business, Tom. The the Russians have the West, they have the Europeans over the barrel on this right now. That's uh, a pun, Andy, oil Yeah, barrel. I didn't even mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> I hate puns. You the, should uh, be proud. <laughs> The uh, French and the Germans uh, uh, have put themselves in a pickle over energy. And there's speculation that they may modify their stance towards their support of continued, um, I guess, supplies to the Ukrainians to, um, I guess, cozy up to the Russians. I mean, that's speculation at this point because it hasn't happened yet. But there have been... People who have observed, I'm putting that in quotes, that the Germans have, you know, used the term slow rolled their contributions to the Ukrainians theoretically to satisfy or uh, hold off the, the Russian bear and the anger of the Russian bear. But all this time, the Russians are also benefiting greatly because these tensions have boosted up the price of natural gas mm-hmm. to the point that the price that the Russians are taking in uh, is three times what it was before. So they're in, able to enrich their coffers through creating an energy crisis in Europe by doing it. It's, it's a bad situation all the way around. It is. And China's helping Russia. And, uh, and, and I think, uh, and Germany has said they can't afford anymore to, send uh, their armaments either reducing their self-defense and the money situation. And I wonder if the U.S. will decide that someday. I don't know. Lots of discussions to have, that's for sure. I think it was the first lady of Ukraine was in the U.S. yesterday making another plea before Congress for more weapons. And we sent another dozen of the long-range missile launchers to Ukraine that have been very, very effective because they're much more accurate than what the Russians have available to them. So but I don't know if they have enough to hold off the Russians. Tom, we've got to run. Sorry. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Thanks a lot. Tom Ostrom, we will return next Tuesday with Tom. Tomorrow, the Mid-City Movie Guy will be in, and on Monday, the superintendent of the public school system in Rochester will be here for Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Listening to Rochester's News Talk 1340.